السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا. من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا وداعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم قل يا إبادي الذين أسرفوا على أنفسهم لا تقنطوا من رحمة الله وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كل بني آدم خطاء وخير الخطائين التوابون صدق الله العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك من الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Respected elders, beloved brothers and visions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which enable us together and to come together this time which is undoubtedly from the days of the week the most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam mentions inna bin afdali ayyamikum the most virtuous day of the week the day of Jumu'ah and the time that is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this time of the ibadat and the worship of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala this is no coincidence in deen a mu'min understands that this concept of coincidence by chance this is something that is not part of deen is not part of the belief system of a Muslim. Na agar hai na magar. No ifs and buts. Everything is predestined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the destiny and the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala plays out with absolute precision, clockwork, as it is destined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Person, he sees that he had just passed an intersection. He just passed the robot and a few seconds later a car went speeding through and hit the car that was behind him and he thinks to himself how lucky I am how fortunate if I was a few seconds delayed that would have been me the reality is that it was not supposed to be you Allah Ta'ala did not decide that that must be you and vice versa if it was the other way around so that one second that you could have or should have all of this is part of that Tafakkur and in the playing khiyali pulao This is in the mind of insan But this in reality was already destined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala This week Juma was supposed to be by Morana Zubair sahab Morana is not well Last minute cancellation so Nothing that was really prepared Last week the question came forward The topic that we were discussing for the few weeks With regards to nikah and talaq etc The aspects that came Questions that wasn't touched on, and how can we speak on nikah without touching on the topic? It's like no, it's incomplete. The question came on with regards to a second wife, or a third wife, or a fourth wife, multiple wives. The question why Marana didn't speak about that. Sometimes, you know, it's like the only aspect of deen that some people know, the only sunnah, whole life, there's no other sunnahs, but last. Sunnah to get more than one wife, eh? the only Sunnah we know. But generally, for us to understand that this is 100% permissible, again, we have to clarify this mindset. Our way of thinking cannot be, you know, poisoned with the Western mindset, where you can have one wife and many mistresses. You know, that example of the definition of complete and finished. 
many of you may have heard of it also. But this aspect that we should understand is that firstly, Islam completely permits a second marriage, third and fourth, at the same time that a person has up to four wives in his nikah. The Nabi of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, many aspects you will find were khususiyat of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, specifically for him, that are not applicable to the rest of the Ummah. For example, Allah Ta'ala addresses him, Ya ayyuhal muzzammil, qumil layla illa qalila. That, oh my Nabi, the one who is wrapped in a shawl, chadar, spend your nights standing in salah, tahajjud salah, except a short portion of it. This was for Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This doesn't apply to the whole Ummah. That the entire night, majority of the night is spent in tahajjud. The rest of the Ummah, Allah Ta'ala mentions at the ending the surah, that Allah knows. So, that your condition, so even if you stand for a short portion of that night in the Tahajjud Salah that I grant us to So the Tahajjud of Nabi Salaam was different, the Tahajjud of the Ummah was different. Many, many other aspects. So like this one is that Allah Ta'ala allowed and granted Nabi Salaam permission that Nabi Salaam marries more than four wives at one time. But the rule for the rest of the Ummah is that you are allowed to have four wives in your nikah, not more than that. Ayat says, Masna wasalata waruba. Masna two, tulata three, ruba four. So some people, mashallah, in these aspects that they've got a lot of dilchaspi, you know, inclination and uh, interest in these topics. So a person calculated what is this ayat saying? I'm not saying that this is correct, it's obviously an incorrect tafsir. So when we take our knowledge, we take it from the authentic sources. He says, Masna to Sulata 3, that gives you 5. Waruba 4, give you 9. We made it 9 is permissible. But the rest of the Ummah we find generally in our time, a person can barely manage one. A person can barely manage one wife. So this aspect again, to clarify, is 100% permissible for a person to take a second wife. But all those same conditions that we spoke about, that dating is not permissible. So how he gets that second wife also has to be the correct way. It's not that now he's married and chori chori chupke chupke, he's doing his own guna and son. Then suddenly it come, becomes zahir, now it's his second wife. Now we must run, the shelter, one, one mufti, grand mufti, two grand mufti, to quickly make one nikah. So, Everybody, no, no, she was already my wife. How a person gets that second wife also, all those aspects that we mentioned. One important aspect, Nabi Alaihi encouraged that we make our nikahs in the masjid and to announce the nikah, to announce the nikah. There's a lot of hikmat and wisdom in this aspect. It is not concealed, it's not hidden. Never ever become the means of another person's guna and sin. One is you commit a sin, and that was the topic we intended to speak upon. Person commits a guna, a person commits a sin, he will make toba for it, and it's over, inshallah. Allah is forgiving. But that person who is a means of somebody else's guna, that person who is a means of somebody else's guna, perhaps that person, he, a friend, the aspect of peer pressure, two friends, the one introduces the other to some type of drug, narcotic, something, and his entire life is destroyed, his family is destroyed. 
All of that guna and sin is on the person who had shown in that way. So this aspect of not becoming a means of another person's guna and sin. One serious guna that is prevalent in the ummah is that of badgumani, badzan, thinking evil. All the time, when it comes to ourselves, we have husnezan. We look for some, every excuse possible to say that, no, I'm a biased person. Nobody like me. And the next person, then that smallest aspect, smallest guna that he is finari jahannam. Dispatch a person to jahannam. This person looks and he sees something, then to husnezan means to look for a good in that. So Nabi Alayhi command is that announce the nikah. Make it known to people. Make it known. So tomorrow that person is walking with this lady, then it shouldn't be that look at who he's walking with. It's known that this is his wife. The person brings evil thoughts into his mind, bad with regards to somebody, this is guna itself. So by means of announcing that nikah, this type of thing will not come into the mind of a person. So yes, this aspect of a second nikah, it is totally permissible. However, there are many, many conditions. There are many shurud. And very often, one that got the question in this week, that does a person have to tell his first wife? Does he have to take permission? No. The reality, the answer is he doesn't have to take permission. But if he is following the sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he doesn't have to go and hide. He doesn't have to do it behind anybody's back. He doesn't have to do it in a way that would hurt the feelings of that first wife. Nabi Ali has explained that the guidelines of Sharia is that if a person takes a second, third or fourth wife, then he maintains justice between each of them. He treats each of them with the same amount of love. Obviously, the heart itself, one will be perhaps greater inclined or some closer attraction or whatever it is. But how he acts upon it should not be in a way that creates any form of uh, injustice to either of them. The heart may be attracted to one, but how he treats the others, the co-spouses, etc. That in itself, he is responsible to maintain equality amongst them. And a person will come with these questions many a time, questions about this. Those that ask the most are generally the ones that are very frightened. They are very frightened. Come up with this. So yes, that question came up with regards to this aspect of nikah. It is completely permissible to take a second, third and fourth wife. Do it within the limits of sharia. Do it in accordance to the sunnah. And it, sometimes a person will say that, you know what, it's not done for tahwat. It's not done because of lust, because of desire, etc. Person is a man. It is not done out of desire. It's not that now a person wants a second wife. Then it only has to be someone that's gone beyond the best before day or the expiry date is passed. Person chooses whatever it is, whether it is Tunkahul Mar we explain the reason a wife is chosen, then the same will apply to a second wife. But maintain the hudud of Sharia. Do it in a way that we are proud of that this is the sunnah of Nabi Not a way that we have to hide from people. We don't want anybody to know. We are doing things in secrecy. Deen is not about secrecy, not hide any aspect of deen. Then the second aspect that came forward is that at what age should a person get married? At what age should a person get married? Nabi Rasulullah gave us those guidelines. That person who has the means to get married, then get married. It's not, should not be 
that wait till you are 24, wait till you bought your house, wait till you got your degree, wait till you have... That shahwat, that desires that are there in a person, already that those who interact with children, with school children, etc. That what is happening at that age of 12, 13, 14, all of that guna is on the parents who have created this mindset that this is what is required, that you have to get this job, you have to think then you can get married. Then when you are 27, 30, which is gone now to even 35, gone now to 35, then you get married. At that age that a person is Bali, then get married. person has the means, then get married. Today we buy uh, those who have the financial means and they have provided for everything else, but that have not looked at that chahwat and the desires that that child has, and in reality we have taken care of only part of the needs of the child. The parents says, I fulfill all the needs of my child, I have provided for them, I have got in the PS5, I bought in this, I bought in that, I bought in this and that, but we neglected these aspects, and we have not looked at every need that the child has. The person is Bali, in Sharia is not a child, the person becomes Bali, and Shari'i-wise, it is an adult. Sharia terms a person at that age as an adult. Maybe the ayat and the aspect that we wanted to touch on, Allah Ta'ala mentions quran Karim, And this ayat was revealed with regards to the people of Makkah, the Ahle Makkah. <coughs> when they considered themselves that now we have engaged in so much of guna and sin, we have lived an entire life of ma'asiyah. We have lived a life of disobedience to Allah. And Nabi is being told, you are saying to us that we enter into Islam, Allah will forgive everything. All of this will be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That cheating, guna, sin, gambling, zina, all of this. So there were those who were very skeptical in coming into Islam. And how will Allah forgive everything? At this time, this ayat, Allah ta'ala is addressing, قُلْ يَا إِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَقُوا عَلَىٰ Say to my servant, this part of the ayat itself, this part of the ayat itself, something to give, to contemplate over. Here Allah Ta'ala is addressing Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, say to those who are in guna and sin. Not to that person standing in front of Kaaba Sharif. Not to that person who is, you no, know, burning the musalla. Not to that person with a very big tasbih. Not to that person with a kurta and to, to who? That person. Asra, those who have gone Israf. Israf itself means, you know, that you have gone beyond the limits. They have exceeded the bounds and the limits. They have gone, they are engrossed in guna and sin. That person, that's what I'm saying, say to my servants. What happens with the child in the home? The child does something good. The parent says, come here my child, come here my son, come here my daughter. Come here, my baby. Tell, see what, tell everybody in the office at work, see what my child does. The day the table turned, that same child did something wrong. But he'll say to the wife, look at what your child did. So who he's saying? To his own wife, his child, to see what your child has done. Now when the child has done something wrong, immediately it's your child. Telling the mother, that's your child. When it was something good, it was my child. When something bad, he's saying your child. Look at Allah Tabarakullah. Look at Allah Jalla Jalalu. When that person has committed so much of guna and sins and has exceeded the bounds and the limits, that is when Allah Ta'ala is saying, my servant. 
to understand the statement this abd the status of abd allah tbarak wa taala first then nabi of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam we are saying our kalima kalima shahad wa ashhadu anna muhammad abd abduhu that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is a servant of allah the status of abdiyat is a very very great and a very lofty a very high status when a person he has got a job in the palace no is a in a this is a royal not we not talking about the municipality or the parliament We're talking about the palace and his job is there with the king or his job is something meager very small insignificant but just the fact that he has that attachment his job is attached to the palace He is attached to the king and he himself thinks a lot of himself even if he is there sweeping the palace considering just that sweeping the palace then i am such a you know i have got this pose here that person who is connected to allah subhanahu wa taala that aspect of abd just to be the abd of allah to be the servant of allah tbarak wa taala this is a very very lofty status Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to that person who has gone beyond exceeded the bounds exceeded the limits in Golan's la taqlatu min rahmat do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala is forgiving Allah is waiting Allah is waiting for those sinful servants to turn towards him to the extent that hadith qudsi allah tabarakallah explains that if this ummah if you were not to commit sins this is not a you know like a you know a ticket to now go freely and perform engaging good and sin but to understand the extent of forgiveness of allah that if you do not commit sins allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will annihilate this ummah well take destroy this ummah and bring about such an ummah who will commit sins but after committing guna and sin they will regret it they will have this feeling of regret and remorse and they will turn to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeking forgiveness from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeking tauba from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala respect such that allah loves to forgive in allah ya allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a forgiving allah Do not lose hope in that mercy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but what is required that we take that step forward that we take that step forward the famous incident nabi ali sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentions that's narrated by abu sa'id khudri radhiyallahu anhu that from the bani israil there was a man a serial killer he committed 99 murders and at that stage after one two perhaps three you realize that doing something wrong but at that stage after completing 99 he killed 99 people <clears throat> at that time that nadam that remorse that regret came into him so he goes and he asks the people to direct him to the you know to that pious person who will guide him in his matter and he goes to him he goes to this person and he asks him that this is what i have done i have committed 99 murders is there any toba for me will i be forgiven immediately 99 murders can you imagine this person says no you know toba you kill so many people <coughs> you kill so many people this man decides well if there's no toba i'd rather make my century mm. he kills him also completes 100 but still 
when that regret is there in that heart and that desire for forgiveness comes, there is something a person will go out in search for. He will become restless until he is forgiven. He will become restless until he is forgiven. After completing a hundred murders, he still goes out looking and he is guided towards a person of a person of knowledge. He says that this is my situation. Is there any toba for me? Person informs him that yes, you will be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, this locality, this town, leave this place. Go to such and such place where there are pious servants of Allah living. Go and live your life amongst them. On his journey, as he is going, the angel of death comes. These angels come and he is going to pass away. Now there is a dispute amongst the angels. Is it? Dispute, there is ikhtilaf, even they have ikhtilaf. They are, which angels will take his ruh, his soul? Will it be the angels of maghfirah and rahmat and mercy? Or will it be the angels of punishment and azab? So, the lengthy rewired. Eventually, Allah informed them that measure the distance between the place he has left and the place that he was going to. And if he is closer to the place of maghfirah, the place of that pious people, then the angels of mercy must take his sin. And if he is closer to the place of his gunas and sins, then the angels of azab will take his sin. So, so they begin to measure. Riwayat explain, and this is obviously, this is Israeli riwayat. It was aspect with his law, the ulama explain that, according to some, that he was in reality closer to the place that he left. Allah commanded Jibreel at that time, that move his body, move his body closer to that place. Come explain the aspect of Fayyul Ar, in secret aspect, they don't understand it. Allah Ta'ala caused the earth to become closer. Any place that he was going to, to come closer. And when the angels measure, he find that he was closer to that place. Or some that he was an equal distance. Allah Ta'ala caused Judea Islam to push him closer to that side. And thus his Bakhtirat was made. But the aspect that when he took that step forward, when he took that step forward in seeking forgiveness, already Allah Ta'ala had forgiven him. And here there's many aspects. When a person is in an environment of sin and he makes Toba, so long as he remains in that environment, it will be difficult to give up that sin. An addict, Allah protect and safeguard us, but so long as he remains in that same social circle, it will be very difficult for him to detox and become clean and stay away from, uh, you know, that which he has addicted to in whichever aspect it is. So long as he has to leave that, separate from that, and then go towards good. So this aspect again, that that do not ever lose hope in Allah's mercy. Allah will never forgive me. This is casting judgment against Allah. Never consider your sins to be greater than the mercy of Allah. And the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever guna and sin it is. Take out, create this aspect of muhasaba. Taking stock of oneself on a regular basis. Not necessarily on a daily basis. But look, how much of guna and sin that I committed in this week, or in this day, or in this month, and ask for forgiveness, seek forgiveness, sort out our affairs. Wallahi, we do not know when we will leave this world. It should not be that without toba, without toba and nasuha, we leave this world. Allah Taala grant us.